Welcome to this special edition of the Nordic Talks podcast, recorded at the recent COP28 in Dubai. At this climate conference, we tried something new. We gave the word solely to the next generation. We asked youth delegates from Nordic countries to invite speakers from different parts of the world, people who've given their lives to the climate movement. In this session, you'll meet the head of Global Youth Coalition, Augustin Okanya, for a discussion on climate justice in the Global South and how North-South collaborations can facilitate a more sustainable and equitable future for all. I'm Josefine Falkwarts, and I'm handing over the microphone to the two hosts of this episode, the Icelandic youth delegates Finnur Rikard Andrasen and Unur Thortis Kristinsdottir. Welcome, everybody. It's an honor to be here on stage in the Nordic Pavilion during the second day of COP28 in Dubai. And we're very happy to see you all here. Welcome to all of those who are watching the live stream or listening to the podcast. Very nice to have you. On this episode of the Nordic Talks live podcast, we will turn our focus towards youth representatives from different sides of the world, bringing non-Nordic perspective into the Nordic Pavilion, discussing collaboration across borders to enable a sustainable and equitable future for all. My name is Unnur Thortis Kristensdóttir, and I'm the UN Youth Delegate on Climate Change for Iceland. I'm a young professional working in sustainability at Controllant, a company with the aim to eliminate waste in global pharma supply chains. I'm very honored to be joined here today with my fellow Icelandic UN Youth Delegate, Finnur Rikard Andrason. Finnur chairs the Icelandic Young Environmentalists Association. And last but not least, we have here on stage with me, Augustine Okanya, an Equatorian climate change maker. Augustine is the chairperson of the Global Youth Coalition, His relentless dedication spent seven years embodying sustainability from designing a sustainable coffee farm in Galapagos Islands to empowering women through innovative business solutions. Welcome, Augustine. Hi, hi, everyone. The climate is getting warmer. How do you see the issue evolving in Ecuador? Are people concerned about the direct effects of climate change? It's definitely warm, as we can feel it already. (laughs) So, yeah, in Ecuador, you know, before, when I was a kid, we don't have seasons like in the global north, especially in Europe. But we can say like we were having at least summer and winter. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to go like in August and so on with my dad to the mountains. Because at that point, the wind was like stronger, so we can use the kite. And I was having this moment with this connection with my family, climbing, feeling nature, playing with the kite. And nowadays, uh, this is not possible anymore for the kids uh, on this time because as the climate temperatures are rising, the pressure is going lower and that means that there will be like less winds. And this is something that science is already like proving that, and, and you understand that if you think like in a point of view, how important is the wind and it pollen, you know, also for us to keeping us fresh and it's getting warmer and warmer, not just in Latin America, but in general. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's very interesting that you, you're talking about the, the sort of impact of climate change. And, and of course, they're very unevenly distributed. Uh, and, and another thing we see that is unevenly distributed is, is the ability to actually implement mitigation solutions. Uh, so I'm curious, how, how do you feel that um, in the Nordic context, now that we're in the Nordic pavilion, how can we uh, reflect on, on the responsibility of the Nordic countries when it comes to implementing or, or assisting countries with, with lower abilities to, to implement mitigation? Uh, what, what is the responsibility of the Nordic countries? Yeah, well, uh, nowadays, uh, first, uh, the Bell of countries, let's say, they are promoting the, the fact that you are getting to net zero. But we cannot forget about the responsibility that we have. Science is proof that no matter if you are producing no CO2 nowadays, you still have the cumulative CO2 that you produce during the years that you, read, you get to reach the point of development that you have. And uh, therefore, transfer of technology, because you reach to a point that you develop certain science together with Latin Americans that are always involved mm -hmm. in these kind of projects. And we have as youngsters to promote the transfer of technology. And I think it's, some, it's, it's a way that where we can start. But this doesn't mean that this should be another door where we use these spaces to increase the depth on the name of exchanging technology. Mm -hmm. Because then the global suit is still drowning in depth and we cannot continue on development and we still are using like old or antique technology, and that means oil, you know, contamination technology that is not effective mm -hmm. in the CO2 that you are producing and the energy that you are becoming. Yeah, I think we need to share some knowledge across the borders and maybe to add a little bit of context from Iceland. Uh, Iceland has a long record of sharing knowledge, especially with developing world. Iceland has run a school for developing countries for decades in geothermal power generation. This Iceland would also need to do to implement a school for carbon capture technology so the world can, in unity, scale those solutions. What the developing world always needs is not only knowledge, but the know-how of developing projects, financing them and operate so the biggest way Iceland could help is the way we would help the private developers in Satigam firms to generate geothermal baseload power to capture CO2 and store it or convert to generate hydrogen with green power solutions and turn it into green fertilizer. Maybe a question to you, Augustine. Um, do you think uh, Ecuador is equipped to implement these solutions? Yes, definitely. And not just Ecuador, Latin America. Yeah. For example, we have the case of, I have to read the name, Mariana Perez from Colombia. She created a cool air. And this patented technology that was developed in Latin America right now is already cleaning the air, collecting CO2 and CO2 equivalent, not just collecting, then also using this uh, carbon that we are collecting from air and using it into sustainable material. And this technology was developed 100% in Latin America. That means that if we receive certain knowledge, certain technology, we have the capacity, we do have the capacity to manage it and maybe even improve it. And that's the way of going on, collective working as one planet. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, just uh, as a side note perhaps, because you're now the, the chairperson of, of uh, the Global Youth Coalition, uh, and I think it's such a great initiative. And, and I'm curious because we talk about the importance of uh, the Nordic countries, for example, 
needing to transfer this technology, transfer the knowledge and, and provide assistance uh, to the countries that don't have the capacity currently to implement certain solutions. How does the, the Global Youth Coalition view this um, problem and, and what can we as young people do to push for this change? Because it's easy to talk about it, but how can we push for, for this actually to be implemented? Yeah, well, the, I believe that the Global Youth Coalition is actually a great example of it. And uh, with facts, uh, during last year I met someone from the Global North, Alexis. Mm -hmm. She's from the Oxford Net Zero, uh, a branch from Oxford University. And together with the Oxford University, we find a gap of knowledge because there's a lot of youngsters that are coming to these spaces, to the UNCCC conferences. And at least myself last year, even though that I'm a biotechnology engineer, that I have publication in bioinformatics, I came here and you hear so many different names, data, a lot of acronyms, and I was overwhelmed after two weeks and I felt that I could not do as much as I want, even though that we are always like, what do we want? Climate justice. Yes, but how do you want to implement mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. And for that, we need knowledge. So what we did with the University of Oxford, we launched an application which uh, was well received with 10,000 applicants from 178 countries. And at the end, we trained 4,500 people from 177 countries. And at least uh, 3,000 of them complete the 12 uh, season, uh, sessions that we had. And two, each of one was two hours. Mitigation, adaptation, loss and damage, litigation in general. And now that I'm walking, and three days before I, I record, I found a guy from uh, China, Canada, and we were having a discussion, about, a discussion about climate finance. And what do you know about climate finance? Someone asked, and he said, actually, I was going through the UNCCC information, but there's so many pages that I couldn't understand anything. At the end, I watched a 90-minute video that I found called uh, Climate Finance, uh, and it was actually the, the program that we run. Mm -hmm. You can find it in YouTube. And in two words, he kind of at least had the knowledge to understood and properly advocate for change mm -hmm. by learning. And that's a great example of how we can collaborate. It was a, just a random talk, and for the youngsters that are hearing me right now, every moment that you have the chance to talk with someone, use it properly because you don't know who might you be talking at that moment and trustword the cause that you are pushing for. If you do it, of course, with a plan, with a strategy, with a group, with a team, but confidence of what you are doing is not just activism anymore. You are being a special member of the change. You are a change maker. And what I'm advocating here as a person right now, as an individual, that we have to kind of like go from activism, what is good. We make ourselves being heard. Mm -hmm. What happened 2019? We were protesting, it's a climate emergency. Then 2020, the, in, the amount of fin finance that was uh, liberated, that was freed mm -hmm. uh, in 2020 increased in contrast of the last years. And why is that? Because our parents, our grandparents are hearing us. So I feel is how the Global Youth Coalition is doing. Mm -hmm. And 
just ask me later on at the end, what are we doing next year? I would love to share. It's like a surprise. <laughs> exactly. And I think people, a lot of people are climate curious and want to do something to change the situation, but they're often overwhelmed with everything happening and what they can do to change things. Um, but I think it's definitely a great idea to have this organization to come together and provide support to each other in making things happen, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious because you mentioned the, the complexity of climate finance in the, in the climate space uh, and especially at these conferences um, and, and it's interesting as well that yesterday on the first day of, of COP28 um, that the loss and damage fund was finally uh, adopted or, or uh, launched essentially and we see that there's some money coming in already. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you think, again, when coming back to the Nordic countries' responsibility uh, in the climate crisis, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on the Nordic countries' uh, financial responsibility when it comes to responding to, to the climate crisis? Okay, again with facts. Um, yeah, the global north, or let's say the Nordic countries, are already not producing as much CO2 as before, but we cannot forget the accumulative carbon that we have. And uh, nowadays... Just imagine this, we have a 100 pages book and 92 pages of this book, the author is the global north. Eight pages of this book, the author is the global south. And the name of this book is Polluters. 92% of the pollution that we are producing right now comes from the global north. And even though the global south is and might sound like a bit like you know, a repeatable speech, yeah, the global suit and the debt that we have, historical debt, but it's a fact. We are not polluting as much as the global north. And personally, as an individual, as Agustin, I don't like the global north, global suit division. Yeah. I really don't like it. I had the opportunity to have some year, a one year in Germany. I have a lot of friends from Europe. The fact that I'm so so like so far able to manage as a chairperson the global youth coalition is because I learn a lot from the global north culture mm -hmm. organization. Being on time, not like today, but you know, <laughs> yesterday I was on time, <laughs> and uh, it's because I got this chance, this privilege to exchange the culture with the global north, and then I understood that it's just a geolocalization. If you think, like, in a, let's zoom out, we are just one planet, and what does really mean north and south? If you think, like, where is up in the universe? Have you asked yourself that question? Where is the north in the universe? We are, let's say, yeah, from the point of the sun as a start, but there's hundreds of stars. So that's just tags that we have mentally and we have to start forgetting this, at least our generations and intergenerational people that has a young heart, because this is not also like Global North, Global South, the youngsters, the older people. No, mm -hmm. it's one planet, mm -hmm. one mission, yeah. and we have to start advocating like that as a global community. And, mm -hmm. and we can do it because there's not just the Global Youth Coalition, there's tons of NGOs, or countries that are already pushing forward in Africa, Asia, Asia, Latin America, in general, but we have to trustworthy. And in the global suit, something that we have a problem a lot is corruption. That's something that we are still 
have to work like a lot, but I, I don't want to touch that point. <laughs> Let's just leave it like that. Yeah, definitely. The most climate vulnerable cities um, uh, are the most affected by climate change uh, and have little to cause this vulnerability. Climate change is also on top of the mind of young people. They were born into a world where climate change is the reality. It's affecting their everyday life and their sense of security is at stake. Climate change is one of the most complex challenges we face, which requires collaborative solutions and reimagining how we live our lives. This requires new skill building in the education system to future-proof the job market. Do you see any opportunities in the greening the education system in the global south? What skills do you think are needed in the generations to come? Not a small question. <laughs> well, what are the skills? Um, first of all, Google what ChatGPT is. That's important, like AI. Uh, again, like the Global Youth Coalition, there's Lujain over there from Egypt, part of the Egyptian delegation, the vice chairperson of the Global Youth Coalition. And it's like when we are having our meetings, it's 10 people, 20 people from different countries, plus at least we have involved five AIs mm -hmm. in our programs. We, are, we have a guy that is, his name is Fred, he's an AI, he's taking notes from our meetings. Then I have Lupita, is the press conference people that is helping me. I give names to all of them because it's at least energy that is helping us. Mm -hmm. And in my beliefs, everything is energy. We are all nature. And programming, mm -hmm. you have to know what to do with the storytelling. Even though that I'm speaking here, there's 10 people not looking at me but watching at their screens. So you need to know how to go to that screens and compare that part, mm -hmm. how with well-done media content, not just like another video. You have to understand how to make them get the knowledge. One minute and a half is what you have per reel. So you have to go and do the script, make it compelling, make it like, you know, the last years, somehow I have disconnected me myself a bit of uh, social media, but uh, because of the project that we are launching next year, I must start doing reels again. And then Lujain was, she's 18 years old, and was sending me a message like, hey, Agustin, the reel that you, you just uploaded is amazing. Like, keep doing it. And for me, as a 29th guy, I'm like, yes, I, at least she likes it. Mm -hmm. And that's something good. And, and there's people that is learning through this content. So again, storytelling, programming, English for sure, Maybe now it's time to start talking also Mandarin, mm -hmm. Spanish. The biggest community of the world is Latin American. So I, I, let's, let's go with that. But I think that if you can be your friend with a computer or with your phone, you can do everything now. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of technology. Use it for the good. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think your point about storytelling is, is really important. And I think that's what a lot of people are focusing on here at COP is, is it's all about the narrative that we create both in, in the side events, but also in the negotiation rooms. It's all about how you frame your, your goals and, and what you want. Uh, and you mentioned earlier the importance of empathy and, and that, uh, and I'm also really inspired by your vision of, you know, let's stop talking about this divide between the global north and the global south. And, and that touches upon empathy as well. So I'm curious. Uh, what, what your view is on, on how we can use storytelling, whether it's digital storytelling or, or real-life storytelling, to sort of 
increase the empathy of, of everyone within the climate space so we can overcome this division that we keep talking about between developed countries and developing countries. Okay. Um, so I was traveling during this year after COP27. Um, I quit my job because I was having this meeting with Antonio Gutierrez in one of the round tables. And he started the meeting telling us that, guys, we are losing the fight against climate change. And my heart was broken at that moment. I was asking myself, what do I have to do now? Because, you know, somehow I was having a great job in the Global North remotely. I was living on the beach, watching whales every day, jumping. But I was feeling that that was not enough and I could not hear the head of United Nations telling me in front of me, we are losing the fight and then go back, work in something and, and that's it, you know. So I quit my job and I started traveling around the Middle East, Europe as, as well. And I was in, with the Bedouins uh, somewhere close to Jordan. And I was sharing the other day the photo with, with my Habibi Lujain. We are talking a lot because of the global youth. And she, at the beginning, she was like, who are these guys? She didn't recognize myself there. <laughs> and then I'm like, look closer. Because I was like, with you guys having a, a tea with them? And I was so amazed that those guys look like my cousins. <laughs> and I'm an indigenous from Latin America. And I was in the desert of Jordan with Bedouins and they were, the guy was just like, I could say, you are my brother. And if a photo can transmit the message to Lujane that we are the same, imagine what a well done reel can do to hundreds and thousands of people. So storytelling is important and there's a lot of bad people that is using it as well as with AI, we are afraid, and I will push with AI a lot. We're afraid of that. So what's our duty as, as the good guys? We have to use it as well. We have to go and don't be afraid of try with the camera because maybe she won't like it, but she might. Mm -hmm. So there's always a way of reaching people, but do it properly. Don't do it like I do. Because <laughs> I don't always like do a script. I, I was telling you that. Yeah. But if you need it, like Unur, do it. Do the steps, do a drawing. What do you want to highlight? And then what do you want to highlight? Ask yourself, how is people already highlighting this? Climate change, we are about to disappear. No, that's boring. How I did last year? Help me to save the beer, the chocolate, and avocados. So people is like, I do love beer, I do love chocolate. And it's a fact that if we continue on this way, cacao will be even more expensive than gold. So if you like chocolate, take your phone and start doing a storytelling with why climate change is something that we should be worried about. Brilliant. Maybe just to wrap things up here today, uh, what would be your message, Augustine, firstly to the political leaders in the Nordic countries, and secondly, the youth climate activists, activists in the Nordics? Yeah, so uh, one of the slogans that we have is less words, more actions. And there's my friend from, I hope I'm not wrong, no, from Norway. Yeah, and she's part of the youth delegation uh, from Europe. And they wrap up uh, a statement from the Global North youth delegations. 
And we will be hosting with the Global Youth Coalition some meetings by blocks. Las Americas, Europe, Asia, Africa. And we will be focusing two paragraphs. We, I just received the email yesterday from the team of uh, someone in the German delegation that they are on the wheel of meeting with us. So it's not, I don't want to send like a message for 2030. I'm here. Let's talk. Let's do something. Let's not just write something in the documents that no one is reading. There's 878 documents when you enter to the UNCCC website. I have not seen at least 1% of them. Mm -hmm. And I cannot do as much videos to read all of them, you know? <laughs> so let's talk and let's make things happen because we have the capacity. One of the Global Youth Champs from the Global Youth Coalition is an MIT guy from Portugal. Lujain, 18 years old, is in the Egyptian delegation. Bianca, she got COVID in Bolivia, but she is a lawyer, and even though is helping us with the social media of the Global Youth Coalition, mm -hmm. he just got graduated from his university. Yeah. So we have to take these people to the right places, and for that we need to talk, but talk with a purpose. Not just, I don't want the photo. I want things to be done mm -hmm. together as a planet, not as... We are separated, older generation, no, as a planet, as one community. Thanks. Thank you very much, Agustin. Uh, I think th there's nothing we could say to, to, to uh, highlight better what you said. So, so I just want to repeat what you said about, you know, we're here, let's talk, let's do something together as, as a whole, as one planet. Thank you very much, Agustin, for coming to the Nordic Thank Pavilion and, and speaking with us. Thank you, Inner, for uh, co-hosting this with us. And um, everyone keep an eye out for the, the Global Youth Coalition. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Be sure to follow Nordic Talks on Instagram at nordic.talks and find more information on upcoming events, new podcast episodes and much more. <laughs>